Chapter Thirteen of Curly Carson Listens In by Roy J. Snell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Penn. Chapter Thirteen: A Ghost Walks. Ever take much interest in gasoline engines? Curly suddenly inquired of Joe. Yes, quite a bit. Had a shift on one of those marine kinds last summer on the Great Lakes. Good. You'll have to take a shift here on the Kitty Wake. This trip can't be made without sleep. I'll spell the captain at the wheel, and you can relieve the lanky engineer. Again they lapsed into silence. Half unconsciously, each boy was taking stock of the craft they had requisitioned, trying to judge whether or not she was equal to the task she had been put to. Speed she had in plenty. Do forty knots a hour, the skipper put it. And never eat a baron. She was a trim craft narrow of beam a two-master with a steel hull that stood well out of the water forward she rode the water with the repose and high glee of the bird she was named after yes she's a beauty and a go-getter curly was thinking to himself but in a storm now four or five hundred miles from land what then had he known how soon his question was to be answered he might well have shuddered. Better go down and have a look at the engines before you turn in for a wink of sleep, he told Joe. When Joe had gone below, Curly still sat there on the rail, aft. The throb of the engines beneath him, the rapid rush of air that fanned his cheek, was medicine to his weary brain. He had been caught in a whirlwind of events, and here, for a time, he had been cast down in a quiet place, where his mind might clear itself of the wreckage of thought that had been torn up and strewn about within it. It had been a wild race. He had lost thus far. Would he lose in the end? Had he, after all, trusted too much to theory? Had these two sons of rich men really only gone for some picnic trip to a well-known island further south along the coast? Or had they, as he had assumed, guided by their ancient map, gone in search of the island of many barbarians and much gold, an island which he was convinced existed only in name. The girl, too, what had she meant when she said she was in some ways responsible for her brother's actions? There was something queer about the whole affair. Who had taken the wireless equipment from the wrecked car out there by the forest preserve? Did young Ardmore have the ancient original of that interesting map? or only the photograph. If he did not have it, who was in possession of it? Strange thing that it would be lost for a hundred years, only to have a brand new photograph of it show up all at once. Rather ghostly, he thought. He had meant to ask Gladys Ardmore about that. He'd ask her now if she were here, but he was more than glad she was not here. No trip for a girl, he told himself, and she said she'd go. Strange she gave it up so easily. Strange that his thoughts broke off suddenly as he stared forward. The kittiwake was equipped with three cabins, a foxhole and after cabin, both below the main deck, built largely for stormy weather, and a fair weather cabin in the center of the main deck. The night was dark, the moon not having come up. It was difficult to distinguish objects at a distance, but unless his eyes deceived him, Curly saw some object all white and ghostly 
rising slowly from the hatchway leading to the foxhole cold perspiration sprang out upon his brow his heart beat madly his knees trembled as he involuntarily moved forward that was the way he had of treating ghosts he walked straight at them in the meantime had one been on some craft three hundred miles further on in the direct course of the kittiwake he might have caught the thunderous drumming of two powerful liberty motors he might also have seen a spot of light playing constantly upon the black waters while this light was constant it moved rapidly forward in a wide circle the circle was never the same in size or location yet the spot of light did not move more than twenty miles in any direction from a certain given center the spot of illumination came from a powerful searchlight mounted upon a seaplane it was manipulated by a boy in the rear seat a second boy drove the plane these boys as you have no doubt long since guessed were vincent ardmore and his reckless pal alfred brightwood this light had been playing upon the water since darkness had fallen some three hours before they had been circling for four hours their hopes of completing their search before dark had been thwarted by a defective engine which had compelled them to make a landing upon the sea when the journey was only half completed at this particular moment the plane was climbing steadily it was a perfect man-bird of the air was this stormy petrel with broad spreading planes and powerful motors it was the type of plane that now and again hops off from some point in england during the dewy morning hours and carries her crew safely to cuba without a single stop yet these boys were not planning a trip across to europe they were as curly had supposed they might be hunting for the island of many barbarians and much gold when they had mounted to a considerable height alfred shut off the engines and allowed her to volplane towards the sea oh let's give it up and go back said vincent downheartedly it's not here probably that old map maker made a mistake of a trifling hundred miles or so that's a grand idea exclaimed brightwood grasping at a straw not a hundred miles but perhaps thirty or forty miles oh boy we'll be cooking lunch on a stove of pure gold in half an hour you'll see just get your light fixed right and i'll take a wider circle that'll get it but if we use up much more gas we won't get back to land hesitated vincent land who wants to get back to land the other exploded if worst comes to worst we've got the wireless haven't we we can light on the water and send out an s o s can't we i must say you're a mighty bum sailor oh, all right said vincent stung into silence go ahead and try it again the motors thundered again the spotlight traced a circular path across the dark waters which to the boy who held the light appeared to be reaching up black fiendish hands to drag them down this time the circle they cut was many miles in circumference miles which drew deeply from the supply of gasoline in their tanks End of chapter thirteen